Hi, welcome to Which Witch is Witch, a pop culture podcast about ladies who use magic. I'm Derek. And I'm Regina. Merry Xmas, Derek. Um, I think you mean happy holidays. I know we talk about religion sometimes, but we try to keep the show pretty secular. No, I don't mean Christmas. I mean Xmas, as in more X-Men. Oh, right. This is our holiday Xmas X-Men special, spotlighting some of our favorite potential witches from Marvel's merry menagerie of mutants, the X-Men. What is it, Storm? You seem distracted. I am sorry. I'm not sure why. Perhaps I see Jubilee's childlike joy at Christmas and remember my own. What was that? Could we be under attack on Christmas Eve? So let's dive right in. Regina, which X-Man do you think is a witch? I think a great witch in the X-Men is Aurora Monroe. She's a mutant in the X-Men universe with the power to control the weather. She is from Kenya, but was raised in Harlem and Cairo. She is a quintessential member of the X-Men and is often on the main team as a major supporting character or even the leader of the X-Men from time to time. She has had her own series and has been portrayed terribly in films. She is known as a weather witch and was at one point worshipped as a goddess. And honestly, I can see why. She's pretty phenomenal. Storm has a lot of incarnations in the comics, but I'm mostly going to talk about 80s Storm because that's my favorite Storm. So yeah, Aurora Monroe, codename Storm. In the first few X-Men movies, she was portrayed by Halle Berry to some people's mixed reactions. You know, a lot of people get down on there was a line she had in the first film where uh, Ray Park's character Toad is hanging off the edge of the... I think it would, I think they were playing on the Statue of Liberty at the time. And she says to him... Do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? The same thing that happens to everything else. It was such a weird line read and people sort of point at that of like things that were wrong with the x-men movie what a lot of people don't know is that that line was actually written by joss whedon he got a lot of work in the 90s especially as a script doctor and he was a script doctor on the first x-men film he wrote that line but in his mind it was supposed to be a throwaway like brian singer used it as like a big superhero moment like it was her showstopper and it didn't land properly the way Joss intended it was she would say, do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? And then she would hit it with lightning, <laughs> turn around, walk away, and just sort of over her shoulder mutter the same thing that happens to everything else, which is a much better delivery. Like you can absolutely hear, say, Willow from Buffy the Vampire Slayer doing something very similar to that. Totally. And the other thing that always arced me about the storm portrayal in those movies is that the accent kind of goes in and kind of comes out and it's kind of there and it's kind of not... That's why I love the animated series Storm, because she talks like she's really a goddess or something. She's very dramatic, and I feel like that's how Storm would be. Like, either you have to really have that Egyptian accent, or 
you just got to be completely over the top. 90s animated series Storm always felt to me like the narrator in a Shakespeare play. Like she would walk onto the scene and announce like, forces of nature bend to my will. Do these things that I kindly beseech of you. I, we're to I'm totally mixing metaphors here, but she could be from Asgard. Oh, definitely. Like she, that's how she talks is in the Thor movies. And so she sounds like she could be from She Asgard. fits in very comfortably with the Norse mythology. In fact, at one point she... She had a hammer made of Uru metal, just like Thor's. She had a hammer called Stormcaster. That is a great hammer name. So basically, like, yeah, the uh, the blacksmiths of Asgard gave her her own hammer specifically to compete with Thor. At Loki's behest, which I, I would probably imagine, I haven't, I haven't read the comic where this happens, but I would imagine it's because Loki would probably have a thing for Storm. Because at one point, Storm seduces Dracula. Like, actually, Dracula. Yeah, everybody kind of is into her. We can talk more about everybody being into Storm later. Yeah, of all the X-Men who are confident in their sexuality, which is almost all of them, Storm definitely is at the top of that list. Yes. Anyway, let's move on to relevant matters at hand. First rule of witchery, first rule of witchiness, is Storm female? Yes, Storm does identify as female, and her body politics are really interesting to me. Comics have a long history of objectification, and there are definitely sketchy things happening with the fact that in the 80s, she hates wearing clothing, and this is explained away by her inability to adjust to Western culture, which is basically a thinly veiled excuse to be nude as often as possible. <coughs> Male gaze. <coughs> she gets redeemed in the very same era, though. In the 80s, she loses her powers, spoilers, and ends up getting infected by a sentient alien virus, don't ask, contemplates suicide, and then has a change of heart when she gets saved by space whales, also don't ask. Following this, another awesome ex-lady, Kitty Pride, needs to be saved because she's captured by the Morlocks, and totally without powers, Storm bests their leader, Calypso, in a duel to the death, just based on her own strength and training. Badass. Yeah, just hand-to-hand -hand combat, she takes Callisto out. Yep. Stabs her with a knife. So the second rule of witchiness is that the witch in question must practice magic. Can you tell me if and how Aurora Monroe practices magic? So this really depends on how you define practicing magic. As I mentioned, Storm is referred to as a weather witch, and it can be argued that she's practicing magic in that context. In her backstory, it's understood that she comes from a long line of white-haired, blue-eyed sorceresses, the magic she practices is exercising her mutant powers, and if my headcanon is true that the X gene is related to the magic gene in the Harry Potter universe, there's totally a chance that Aurora could have gone to Hogwarts instead of Xavier Academy. Totally digging this genetic headcanon. It's a fun way to take the whole concept of witchiness and pop culture in general. Anyway, moving on to the third rule of witchiness. Can you tell me if and how Aurora Monroe practices feminism? So Storm is definitely a feminist witch, despite not always being handled in the most feminist of ways. She's the perfect example of intersectionality by her overlapping natures of woman, African goddess, mother figure, fighter, warrior, teammate, leader, and black woman. 80s Storm is my favorite, as I've said, for feminism because of her power loss. She goes through a rebirth of sorts and finds herself and her identity away from her witchiness. She ends up taking a mother role for Kitty Pride and manages to be a badass warrior and mother figure 
all-in-one, which is a rare feat for any pop culture female character, let alone a witch. There are also several instances of lesbian overtones in the story, making her pretty sexually fluid, which is another cool thing for intersectional feminism in Storm's story. And on top of that, during this time that she didn't have her powers, she was the leader of the X-Men. And correct me if I'm wrong, she was the only female member of the main team, too, right? I mean, for a chunk of that time, they also had Dazzler on the team. Right. People always forget about Dazzler because people like to forget about Disco. But there probably was a point... No, I think before Dazzler joined the team, they still had Kitty Pride on the team, too. Okay. So then... She's the leader of the team and also the mother figure for Kitty Pride. Anyway, fourth rule of witchiness. Can you tell me if and how Aurora Monroe is misunderstood or persecuted? So Storm is definitely persecuted in so much that all mutants are persecuted simply because they are mutants. Additionally, she is misunderstood in so much that she has culture shock from her origins as a witch goddess figure. I don't know that that's necessarily... It's on the page, so it must be true. But I also don't know that that's actually how she would feel. Like, I can't believe I have to wear clothes. I've never had to wear clothes before. Like, no. Like, come on. That's just silly. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's not so much a character beat as much as it is the guys drawing the comic, selling it to the teenage guys, buying the comic. Yeah, you look at the comics of like the sort of punk mohawk era of Aurora Monroe, and your sort of lead artist at the time was uh, Mark Silvestri, who would later go on to create Witchblade, who was the seminal 90s comics character of, oops, I'm wearing no clothes, but a magical thing is covering my nipples. Uh, we're going to talk about Witchblade in a future episode because I really love Witchblade. Real <laughs> talk, I love I love Witchblade. There's a, there, and there is a lot of, oops, I'm wearing nothing except for magically my nipples are covered. Yes. Or my hair is flowing artfully over my chest. Storm very often had like the long flock of white hair just gently covering all the right bits. Or like storm clouds. Mm -hmm. Like she would summon rain and just like there would be a tuft of a cloud coming across her breast. Mm -hmm. Covering just enough to have it Comics Code approved. Yep. So the fifth and final law of witchiness is Aurora Monroe bonded to a sentience larger than herself? I would argue yes. Storm is bonded to a sentience. That sentience is nature or the weather forces. Ah. She talks a lot directly to nature and the wind in the animated series, which is my second favorite portrayal of Storm since she's so overly dramatic, which totally makes sense. If you grow up being worshipped as a goddess, I mean, for real, you'd probably talk the way that she does in the animated series. And so I would say that that's the sentience that she's bonded to. But even as a goddess, she pays deference to something larger than herself, which is the planet. Correct. She draws her power from nature, from the planet, and therefore she bows her head toward it and says, like, thank you, goddess of Earth. Give me the things that I ask and I shall do your bidding, kind of. I don't know that she necessarily refers to the Earth with the the signifier goddess, but she does say things like, I call upon the powers of the storm, I call upon the powers of the wind, that kind of thing. I feel like every now and then I heard her in the animated series or like saw her in the comics say, by the goddess. Yes, this is true. But yes, so she definitely is bonded to nature and or the weather. So um, that's her sentience. Yeah. 
So now we've talked about Aurora Monroe, aka Storm. Derek, which X-Men do you think is a witch? I think that Ilyana Rasputin is a witch. Ilyana Rasputin was a sweet, innocent little girl from Russia who hung out with the X-Men under the care of her older brother, Pyotr, who you might know as the X-Men Colossus. When she was six years old, Ilyana was kidnapped by demons and then reappeared moments later as a teenager who suddenly had magical powers. Don't you hate it when that happens? I mean, I hated it when it happened to me. After this, she released a literal hell on earth, specifically a demonically possessed Manhattan, died, was replaced again by the sweet, innocent six-year-old version of herself, contracted mutant AIDS, and died again, came back to life when the Scarlet Witch altered reality, became the queen of demons in a hell dimension, betrayed the X-Men and almost destroyed the earth in order to get her soul back, became a god, and then a teacher, and then a protector, and finally a friend and sister again, maybe? And that's where we are today in X-Men comics. Wow. She has a complicated arc. She sure does. Have we mentioned what her um, code name is yet? Her code name, appropriately, is Magic. M-A-G-I-K. Her name is Magic. And you know what? Ileana Rasputin is Magic. She, she really is. She's done a lot already most of it while being six years old which is both interesting and creepy depending on how you look at it there's nothing about six-year-olds that i don't find creepy <laughs> why won't they stop being six years old already that's weird stop it i know and Ileana rasputin was six years old twice i think twice at least so the first law of witchiness is that the witch in question identifies as female does Ileana Rasputin identify as female? Not only is Ileana female, she's pretty much the de facto damsel in distress for a lot of classic X-Men moments. So the first time we meet Colossus, he has transformed into his super strong metallic self in order to protect his little sister from a falling building. That's also when we meet her, of course. The demon Belasco kidnaps her specifically because of her innocence, leading the X-Men to travel to Limbo to rescue her. When the evil clone of Cyclops' time-traveling son releases mutant AIDS, Ileana is the first major character to contract and die from the disease, serving only to motivate the X-Men to search for a cure, and for her brother Colossus to abandon Xavier's peaceful path of mutant cohabitation in favor of Magneto's more militant approach to mutant liberation. So Ileana, not only is she female, she's like the story beat to motivate people because, oh, a girl got hurt that's miserable it's unfortunate but it also makes up for how very complicated and very violent her story eventually becomes so the second law of witchiness is does the witch in question practice magic <laughs> iliana uses magic so much it's her name magic what right aside from her own inherent power as a mutant her mutant ability is teleporting herself and people near her through time and space she also learned a great deal of eldritch magic during the seven years that she spent growing up in limbo. She didn't just magically turn into a teenager. She spent seven years in this hell dimension learning magic until she was ready to get back out. Uh, she can cast incantations, summon and influence demons, a bunch of other rad eldritch stuff, but most notably she has what's called soul armor and a soul sword, which do all sorts of fun stuff depending on who's telling the story, but mostly the sword can remove otherworldly influences from people without damaging them physically. That's awesome. And I think at one point Kitty wields her soul sword, right? 
Is that true? Yeah. So whenever Ileana either could not wield the sword or like gave it up or when she died, the sword continued to exist. It just passed on to whoever was most trusted by the previous bearer of the soul sword. So at one point it goes to Kitty. And when Ileana dies from mutant AIDS, which is the longest period of time that she is dead, Kitty has the sword initially. And then when Kitty gives up the sword, it goes to Nightcrawler. He has it for a while. I think when he gives up the sword, it goes to Amanda Sefton, who then becomes the Queen of Hell. And I believe that's where we find the sword when Ileana gets it back. It's complicated. A lot of people have had the soul sword at some point. Also later on, when Ileana comes back from the dead, she corrupts one of the young X-Men students in Limbo and tries to form another soul sword, but they stop it halfway and only gets Hmm. a soul dagger. I want to bring it back to the soul sword passing from person to person, because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of fan fiction happening right there. So I think you're talking about Ileana and Kitty, possibly? Oh, yes. The very close bond they have have that could not be explored in the comics code in the 1980s. There are definite sexual overtones. Not even undertones. They are on top of it. They're on top. Their tones on the top about how much Kitty and Ileana love each other. And then Soul Sword jump. And then there's there's something happening with Kitty and Nightcrawler. It's a little... This may be undertones. I'm going to say undertones there. Soul Sword jump. And then Amanda Sefton is Nightcrawler's girlfriend. Yes. Actually, his girlfriend. Yes. So... Yes, his on-again, off-again. Yeah. yeah. So fanfiction.com backslash NC17 backslash X-Men. Wow, I don't even want to know what you just told our listeners to read. You lost me with (laughs) NC17. It's not real because I didn't even do the URL. (laughs) I didn't even do the URL right. It's fanfiction.net. Don't worry. If you want links to fanfiction, you can uh, email us at witchwitchcast at gmail.com and I will give you X-Men fanfiction links. Mostly they're going to be about Beast. That's another episode. It's also just the internet and people can find smut however they want. You don't have to direct them to smut. Well, I mean, you gotta look through a lot of stuff to find the good ones. Okay, Regina's got the I've good stuff. I've done that work for you. I'm Regina's the got stuff. the good stuff. Email the us up. and Regina will give you the good stuff, I guess. Yes. Are we gonna have to put an explicit tag on this episode now? Technically, no. Okay, so the third law of witchiness is does the witch in question practice feminism uh yeah definitely i would say the evolution of Ilyana from damsel to badass is one of the most fascinating character arcs in x-men history and considering how nuanced x-men history is that's really saying something yeah that's saying a lot yeah she was a member of one of the most diverse and feminist x-men teams the new mutants but probably my favorite feminist Ilyana moments happened relatively recently in the comics she resents that her brother is always protecting her and treating her like a fragile little snowflake. That's what he even calls her. He calls her his little snowflake. So she manipulates events so that he will become possessed by a powerful deity in an attempt to protect her. The same deity that powers the juggernaut, Satorak. Months later, once he has sufficiently suffered the evil wills of Satorak and sort of regrets the decision to bond with it, Ilyana uses the soul sword to rip Satorak's power and influence from him. Furious, Colossus is like, you could do that all along? Why did you wait this long? And Ilyana explains that he wanted her brother to understand her, and so she had to make him experience what it was like to be a falling snowflake, and that there are no snowflakes in hell. She sacrificed her relationship with her brother in order for him to stop treating her like a delicate porcelain doll that he needed to protect. Wow, that is super intense, Ileana. 
She's awesome. She manipulates her brother. Yeah. What's more feminist than that? Manipulating <laughs> your brother, destroying it's his not, soul, corrupting not. him irrevertibly, and then proving that you could have stopped at any point. You just wanted to teach him a lesson. Yeah. She wanted to be she wanted to be an equal. She wanted to be treated as a whole human being. And so she just used nefarious means to get that equality. And you know what? Sometimes you have to use nefarious means to get the equality that you deserve as a female person. Okay, so the the fourth law of witchiness is, is the witch in question persecuted or misunderstood? Yes, Ilyana is very much misunderstood because of the changes she went through in Limbo. Her teammate on New Mutants, Rain Sinclair, doesn't trust her because of Ilyana's magic. It stands in defiance of Rain's strict Catholic upbringing. Her brother doesn't understand why she's so dark and broody and sinister, despite being a literal queen of hell. The X-Men at one point put her in their own private prison just because they don't understand her at one point. Uh, and then when they come up against a threat too big for them, they're like, nope, better release Ileana. She'll know what to do better than we do. Yeah. And I always thought it was so funny about Rain Sinclair being all angry and mistrustful of Ileana because Rain is a werewolf. Yes. So, which is awesome, but she doesn't think so. And she has to like struggle with her whole Catholic upbringing. Like maybe I'm actually a demon. I'm probably not a demon. I shouldn't be, but maybe I am. And I think she just takes out her lack of self-reflection on Ileana personally. The fifth law of witchiness is, is the witch in question bonded to a sentience larger than herself? Yes, Ilyana is bonded to the demon Belasco, who repeatedly tells her that he loves her in exchange for little pieces of her soul, which is super not cool. Don't do that, guys. Don't take women's souls in exchange for your love. Yeah, as a basis for a relationship that's Definitely not one you want to emulate. Yeah, she eventually rises up against Belasco, but he's also responsible for her resurrection many years later, so they have a complicated relationship, to say the least. She also, for about a week or so, was bonded to the Phoenix, the same cosmic force that once possessed founding X-Man Jean Grey and ate a planet. Right. All she did with that power, though, was imprison some Avengers in Limbo before Spider-Man tricked Colossus and Ileana into punching the Phoenix out of each other. <laughs> Spider-Man's greatest power, truly, is annoying other people enough to engage in wacky feats of violence. Wow. So Belasco and Ileana have this relationship, but she was six when she first entered this hell dimension that Belasco is from, right? Yeah, and even before she entered Limbo, she heard Belasco's voice in her head telling her that he loved her and luring her to his location. Creepy. Super creepy. Once again, going back to the creepy, the high creepiness factor, even by the time she exits the hell dimension, she's still not technically of the age of consent, like Belasco. I mean, that's probably why he lives in a hell dimension, because nobody else would have him, because he's creepy and probably a pedophile. I mean, there's many Oops. reasons to choose to live in a hell dimension. Let's not judge Belasco based on his life choices. Uh, you know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. However, Belasco, creeper. All right. So now that we have each pitched our respective X-Men witches, you've talked about Aurora Monroe. I've talked about Ileana Rasputin. Tell me, Regina... If you could invite only one of them to join your coven, which one would it be and why? I have a soft spot in my heart for Ileana Rasputin, specifically her iteration as Dark Child. Yes, Dark Child was 
the sort of ultimate embodiment of her demonic self. She sort of had legs that bent backwards and big old horns coming out of her head. And this was like the peak of corruption from Limbo in her. This is when she was most in communication with the demons and able to control them and sort of as far removed from her human side as possible. Yeah, hashtag squad goals. I think that Ileana Rasputin is really awesome as Dark Child. I love seeing her being basically the queen of hell. She has had a lot of really miserable things happen to her in her life from having to live through being six years old until being a teenager twice well the second time she didn't make it to teenage years oh right the second second time she's still just six yeah oh she died a couple of times too i mean she's had she's had a, a rough time but i think part of that struggle has made her really interesting character and also means she's got a lot to offer plus she studied all of that eldritch magic in the hell dimension with i should point out she studied with storm actually she did study with storm yeah it was it was an alternate reality version of aurora monroe who had taken up residence in limbo with other x-men who were defeated by the demons and killed kitty pride had actually been turned into a cat Mm -hmm. in this Mm -hmm. iteration Mm -hmm. of the x-men it's all coming back storm had lost her weather powers but has studied eldritch magic and therefore had some moderately impressive magic abilities she was able to like grow plants and like open dimensional gateways and things like that and i remember when iliana first studied with her she was upset about the fact that the magic she was using could only destroy it couldn't create the way that aurora's could aurora's magic was much more focused on building life Whereas the magic that Ileana was able to do at first was much more about snuffing out life. Yeah. yeah. But all of that's to say that Ileana Rasputin would definitely be my choice for covering recruitment. I'm tempted to say Aurora just because I know Ileana is evil and <laughs> does bad she's things. She's not evil. She's not bad. She's I mean, just drawn that way. No, she's not evil. What's evil about Ileana Rasputin? Um, the demons, the taking over Manhattan with demons part is pretty evil. Like, the part where she tricked her brother into being possessed by a god just to teach him a lesson. Listen, Lex Talionis, that that was totally deserved. Okay. Well, regardless, I'm uh, while I'm tempted to say Aurora Monroe because she's badass and awesome, I also would choose Ileana for my group because she never actually hurts her friends. Despite all of her corruptions over and over again throughout history, she still comes through for her friends in the end. She may put the people closest to her in dangerous situations, but never one that they were unable to get out of with relative safety. Plus, there were some really fun moments in New Mutants of her hanging out with Kitty Pride and Rain and uh, Danny Moonstar and just talking about how great 80s pop albums were yeah I, th- I think they all had crushes on burt reynolds at one point yeah they did they did yeah that would yeah that would be actually i can totally see how that's your favorite yeah there were some really fun slumber parties that they had together in new mutants when there magic were. was a teenager they did, have, they did have a lot of slumber parties, and that's sort of the scene i associate with coven meetings like when you look at the coven meetings in the craft they kind of felt like summer parties they were technically yeah for those reasons at least i would choose Ilyana for my coven it's not to say that storm's not awesome i mean she's totally storm's great yeah she would probably she would probably turn down the invitation to a coven anyway and go start her own so let's let's move out of those dark times 
and into our favorite night spot, the Cauldron Cabaret. I feel like Aurora would want to be a headliner, and I don't know what she would be doing, but she would definitely want to be a headliner. She is a well-practiced thief. She's got high <laughs> thievery skills. This is true. She skills. is. She's a really is good Is that thief. something she could adapt to a stage show, or would she just be walking around the club pickpocketing everybody? No, I think I think Storm would probably team up with Winifred. Winifred has the finger lightning, and Storm has, like, you know, actual lightning. Oh, and there that would be would a be whole fun. lightning light show extravaganza i feel like if the bar was ever empty like they ran out of drinks or like they needed to like re like replace the keg iliana would just open a little portal to the basement and just like reach in and pull up the new keg that would be kind of awesome frankly i'm surprised she doesn't use that for stage magic like reach into a magic hat and put a portal at the bottom of the hat and pull the rabbit out through limbo you know you'd probably just pull demons out and i think about it it would be a demon bunny my favorite kind of bunny a demon bunny i don't want my cold drinks to come through a hell dimension is my thing There are no snowflakes in hell. There are no snowflakes in hell. Well, that about wraps things up for this episode of Which Witch is Witch. Now that you've heard what we have to say, what do you think? Who would you invite into your coven? Let us know at witchwitchcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at witchwitchcast. That's W-H-I-C-H-W-I-T-C-H-C-A-S-T. We're taking a short break for the holidays and the new year, but we'll be back in January to talk more about ladies who use magic and all the things relevant to that. In the meantime, don't anger the Elder Gods. Subscribe to Witch Witches Witch on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, or wherever pods are cast. Until then, remember... Christmas Eve shopping? You're crazy. Please, Wolvie. For me. Oh, kid, turn it off. I'd do better trying to fight Sabretooth.